This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it. Visit www.icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information about ICOM radios. It's Ham Radio. everyone it's time for ham talk live episode number 293 it's another hamvention preview the voice of america museum tours recorded on april 7th 2022 i'm your host neil rapp wb9 vpg thanks for tuning in to this episode of ham talk live tonight we're joined by lee height k8cli the lead docent at the voice of america museum of broadcasting in westchester ohio and we'll be talking about their open house and uh, some of the new features of the museum tonight uh, last episode michael Coulter w8ci was here to talk about all the plans for this year's hamvention and if you missed that show you can listen anytime at hamtalklive.com or on your favorite podcast app, or on YouTube. Or you can catch the rebroadcast of Ham Talk Live over on shortwave, WTWW. That's 5085 on your AM dial Saturday afternoons at about 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So I'll be back with Lee right after this word from Tower Electronics, right here on Ham Talk Live. Hey, PL259s? Anywhere? No, I haven't. Come on, kids. Let's go. There's just one place to go for all of your connector needs. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. A giant warehouse of connectors and adapters for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And they have antennas, soldering supplies, cables, meters, and more. Where do you go if you want to buy a connector at a fraction of retail cost? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine solder-type PL259s. Get the tenth one for just one penny. They make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a PL259? Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics. I'm Scott, KB9AMM of Tower Electronics. I like the PL259 connectors so much, I bought the company. Tower Electronics, coming to a ham fest near you or online at pl-259.com. And we're in the yellow pages under Amateur Radio Connectors. My, wherever did you get that lovely PL259? Tower Electronics, pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Do we sell PL259 connectors? 
Tower Electronics Hamfest schedule will be in Cedarburg, Wisconsin on April 30th and Sandwich, Illinois on May 1st. But you can visit them anytime, anywhere at pl-259.com. All the information you need for your trip to Dayton. It's Hamvention Preview here on Ham Talk Live. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Tonight, Lee Height, K8CLI, joins us on the Orlando Amateur Radio Club and Hamcation Zoom line. Lee is the lead docent and a board member of the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting in Westchester, suburban Cincinnati, Ohio. Lee is a retired electronics engineer with a passion for investigating technical issues Occasionally surrounded with mystery and often bridging several fields of technology. He was first licensed back in 1954 and is active with the Mason, Ohio and Warren County CERT teams. And um, as a side, he also engineers wind chimes and biomass briquettes. So, Lee, welcome back to Ham Talk Live. Well, thank you, Neil. Happy to be back on Ham Talk Live and looking forward to the program. Well, Hamvention is back, and and Michael Coulter was here last week to talk about, um, you know, the reunion that's going to take place at Hamvention. That's their theme this year, and and uh, so everything is back, and so is the Voice of America Museum. So. Uh, each year, I know the museum uh, hosts a special open house, so hams that are coming to Hamvention uh, have a chance to come by the museum and get a, a more technical tour. So tell us about the plans for this year. Well, we are all excited. Uh, we have a lot of new things in the museum. Uh, the museum will have special hours for opening. Uh, we will be open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Friday and Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. for both Friday and Saturday of Hamvention. Then on Sunday, we'll be open from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. So you can uh, stop down uh, during Hamvention or on your way home, maybe on Sunday, stop by. We we uh, remain open till 5 p.m. We have quite a few people stop by on the uh, way home out of uh, Xenia. So we're all excited. Uh, there's been a lot of improvements uh, at the museum. Uh, for those that have not been to the museum or are looking forward to uh, attending, uh, we have the 250,000-watt Collins transmitter opened up and available to be uh, viewed. We've got it all cleaned up. It's lit up, and you can walk through uh, the whole RF section, the modulator section, and see what 250,000 watt transmitter looks like from the inside out. It's it's quite a quite a sight to uh, see how this was actually done. That ran um, that uh, all day long. They they ran two 12 hour shifts. Now each transmitter did not run 24 hours a day, but uh, th- we had six of them. We've saved one, and they uh, they ran a lot, produced a lot of heat and. Uh, I will be there most of the time. There are a couple other docents that will be there. We can give you a technical tour 
of the uh, transmitter. So that's uh, exciting to see that. We have the original control room, and we can talk about all the uh, processing of the audio and how the control room actually functioned. And then out back, and and you're certainly willing to to walk to the back of the property, back of the building, we saved the antenna switch. Now, the antenna switch is huge. It's a 6 by 22 crossbar scanner switch that's all manually operated. There's 152 double-pull, double-throw switches, all done by hand uh, on a pole. And you could take in to the switch six high-power transmitters and push out to any transmitter to any of 22 different antennas. This is all balanced feed line, 300 ohm balanced into the switch and then out of the switch. It was all 300 ohm going out of the switch. So there's a lot to see with that transmitter and a lot to see with the uh, the whole VOA exhibit. Yeah, that's, then, a, that's an antenna switch for sure. You, you don't line up that many of them that often. No, and that's it's uh, it's amazing how it was all built on wood poles. It's the original. It's, this is the original switch on uh, wood utility poles, and the accuracy they had to maintain to close these switches. They were uh, like a knife switch, and so you had to get in between the contacts for the uh, uh, switch to close. And it's an amazing piece of construction and how stable it was, even though it's wood. You know, so uh, quite a sight. Well, uh, it sounds like uh, another great uh, opportunity to to come and view the museum and and like I said, get a technical tour. And if and if you if you don't make it during Hamvention, uh, but you come at at another time, always make sure to tell the person that you're a ham because th- there's a lot more uh, technical stuff that the general public uh, may not always be interested in. <laughs> so uh, we do a good job of, of, of connecting you with, with one of the hams uh, that, that's uh, on, on staff or, uh, or someone that's at least knowledgeable with the, uh, the RF side of things to, uh, to talk about that as well. Uh, well, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of construction going on too. So, talk a little bit about the, this new uh, this new part of the building that's going to be opened up. Yes, the uh, the entire east side of the building was the original building had not been developed and was used for heavy storage, and we received a very nice uh, grant from Elliott Block uh, Foundation, and we are completely renovating the east side of the building. That's going to include a large community hall called Block Pavilion, where you can rent it and have uh, meetings and banquets and weddings and uh, rehearsals and that kind of thing. Uh, that's almost done. We're waiting for one little thing, and that will be uh, finished up shortly. Then we'll have full compliant, ADA-compliant restrooms for men, women, and family. A very, very nice setup uh, because we're still operating off the original 1942 restrooms. So we will be uh, ADA compliant, and the floor has been brought up to be level with the rest of the museum. There were numerous steps in this building. You couldn't go anywhere without going up or down a few steps. Well, the floor has all been leveled so that uh, a new entrance door has been put into the side of the building where you can come in with a wheelchair and see the entire museum all, all on one level. So that's very accessible. 
And then the rest of the east side is being finished into an exhibit area. Uh, that's uh, that'll come after the restrooms are finished, but it'll be a large, a brand new exhibit area where we can expand our existing exhibits and put in a lot of new exhibits. We've got a, a, a planning group that has spent a lot of time uh, determining what to put in this new area. So that's all like, uh, very exciting. I might also mention, Neil, uh, a couple other new things in the museum. We made a discovery uh, last summer that of a transmitter that we did not know existed. Way back in the early days when Voice of America went on the air, they went on the air July 1st, 1942, just shortly after, about 79 days after Pearl Harbor. And they used the Paul Crosley WLW shortwave transmitter here in Cincinnati to make that broadcast. It was a special uh, shortwave transmitter called WLWO, O for Overseas, and the government came in and used that transmitter. We pushed a signal into Europe for broadcast uh, throughout Germany and, and the rest of Europe uh, on uh, on July 1st, 1942. Well, that transmitter, we thought, had disappeared. And lo and behold, we were doing some snooping. Last summer, we looked in an old building out at the back of the WLW property where WLW radio station is, opened the doors, and lo and behold, there is the WLWO transmitter. So we uh, hired a moving company. It was very heavy. We had it moved down to the museum, and we spent the better part of last summer renovating it. So it is in the museum now. It's on display, and uh, it it's, uh, makes a wonderful uh, viewing of how an RF transmitter uh, looks on the inside. In addition... There's a story about that that no one knew about. As it turned out that this transmitter was also used as a secret spy transmitter for the U.S. government to broadcast to uh, spies throughout Europe, Africa, and South America. So we'll tell you the rest of that story, but it's a, it's a fascinating find. And lastly, by the time handvention occurs, we will have on display a piece of equipment that is rather iconic. We are receiving a donation of a piece of equipment that Marconi used in Nova Scotia when he did his transatlantic, transatlantic broadcast. And the one of the gentlemen that worked for Marconi for 53 years has passed it down through the family, and they have contacted us, and we'll be receiving that unit next week. So we will have an original piece of uh, – actually, it's a receiver that was used uh, at that facility – so that'll be on display also. And and for those that may have taken the high-power uh, tour for the WLW in 1934, had a half a million watt AM broadcast station on the air, and that transmitter still exists down at the WLW site about a mile and a half from the museum. And last year we did, or last not last year, last time uh, last there was damage. a ham bridge, <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. which was over two years ago, uh, we we did a tour. Uh, Jay Adrick and, and Jeff uh, did a tour of that transmitter. We wanted to do it again this year, but there's uh, the property has been sold and is under commercial development, and so there's construction going on around that building, and it's not safe to be uh, in or out or around that building. So it, it's not possible to have that tour this year, 
but next year we're hopeful that we uh, that all that uh, construction will be finished up and it'll be safe and that we could take people back in. So stay tuned for next year. Maybe we can uh, get back in there. So that's now, kind for, of for, the that's the update. Those, I, I have. Okay, very good. Uh, yeah, for those of you who may not have heard um, the WLW site, which he was talking about a mile and a half down the road. Um, they actually sold off most of the land and they're building a shopping center. <laughs> and, yes. and I think the guy wires actually like end up in the parking lot somewhere or something. Is yes. that what I saw? Yes. yes. Under the uh, tower will be storage facilities. It's going to be uh, where you do a, a locked up storage and it's actually going to be called towers storage. But it's a, a store, it'll be a storage facility that's underneath the tower. Uh, and, and remember that tower is pushing out 50 kW of, of RF. Uh, but you're underneath the guy wires. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out and how they protect the guy wires and protect the tower because, uh, there's, they put the roads in and they've, they've done a nice job of, of circumventing all of the uh, guy wires. But, uh, yeah, you're going to be right next to that tower. <laughs> that, that, that is going to be interesting because uh, that thing puts out some power, even though it, it's only a, a tenth of what it used to be. It's still fifty thousand watts, and and so uh, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see uh, how how they keep it out of the uh, the PA systems in the in the stores and <laughs> things yeah, like that be. because it's it's going to be um, it's going to be a, a stretch. So. What, what um, we have heard, <laughs> uh, what we have heard is this company has already done two commercial developments under high power uh, transmitter uh, antennas, and the building apparently will be hardened, and special grounding and filters will be on the phone lines and uh, uh, net lines and everything. So apparently they have some background and experience uh, making it successful in a, in a high yeah. RF uh, environment. Yeah. But I, and, and I just can't imagine the the guy wires for this monster tower just end up in a yeah. parking lot. But yeah. but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, it, it's uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. So hopefully uh, next year uh, it'll be far enough along that uh, that we can do that tour. Well, if people want to come and and do the the special Hamvention tour. Uh, and again, you said Friday and Saturday during Hamvention, uh, one to nine, right? Yes, one to nine on Friday and Saturday, and one to five p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, and and you know, uh, we usually bring a crew down on Saturday evening after Hamvention, and so that's why it goes to nine o'clock. So that way, you can still do all the stuff at Hamvention, and then uh, run down and. Um, enjoy the museum, uh, but it'll be it'll be open, and and so if people want to come, how much does it cost? How do people sign up? Do they need to sign up? Do they just show up? What tell us uh, tell us about how to make those arrangements? Okay, there is no uh, 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 sign up. It's uh, just walk in. We're open, and we will have docents and, and tour guys available. The cost is ten dollars per person for age sixteen and above. And that's uh, at the door. And then you can do uh, a self-guided tour. The, uh, 
the ham shack is open. You are more than welcome to go into ham shack and operate under the WC8 Whiskey Charlie 8 VOA uh, call sign. And we have six operating positions and a couple of Yagis, and uh, we've got a lot of uh, broadcast capability there. So you're more than welcome to get on the air, and quite a few hams do come in. You make sure you bring your license with you. We need to see a active uh, uh, amateur radio license. And with that, you pretty much be good to go. The uh, location is down in Westchester, Ohio. There will be maps at our booth. We are booth number 1910-1910 in the building number one, the Maxim building, Maxim building for uh, Hiram Percy Maxim. We'll be uh, in that building, uh, booth number 1910. We're kind of back in the one corner. There'll be maps on the booth that you can get, and we're also going to have maps on the ham radio website, the WC8VOA.org, WhiskeyCharlie8VoiceOfAmerica.org. Go to that website, and you'll be able to download a map. It's not yet; it's not up today, but it'll be up in a, in a couple, three days here. So you can get a map. But uh, come on down uh, anytime between 1, 1 p.m. and 9 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, and we'll have people there, and you can uh, – it, it's just a fun place to look around. I've got two rooms now. I've got one room that's just 100% dedicated to ham radio. You'll see uh, some of the old original Collins transmitters used by the development engineers there. And then I've got another room of early radio, which is uh, basically spark gap up through the 1930s and 40s. And then another room that picks it up from the 40s up into the 1990s. So there is a lot of radio and a lot of broadcasting to see there. So come on down. Yep, just a, a quick trip down 75 and uh, about a mile off of the road, and, and you're there. So, All right, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk some more with uh, Lee Height, KCLI, about the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting Open House during Dayton Hamvention 2022, right after this word from ICOM America, right here on Ham Talk Live. Spring is on the air. Get outside with the ID52A, the industry's first handheld that can send photos over the D-Star network. With the ID52A, you can call a friend in another city or internationally through D-Star repeaters with clear digital audio. The ID52A is ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio. It's a VHF-UHF dual-bander with D-Star and FM dual-mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex repeater regional and worldwide calls over the D-Star Internet Gateway. The ID52A is the first amateur radio handheld with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and can send photos over D-Star with a connected Android device. Other features include a wideband receiver, VHF on both sides, UHF on both sides, or one of each with dual DV mode, an integrated GPS, micro SD card slot, micro USB for data transfer, programming and charge, and it's IPX7 waterproof. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM radios. Coming to you live from the glass-enclosed Faraday box, here's Neil Rapp with more Ham Talk Live. Daily at this time, we shall speak to you about America and the war. The news may be good or bad. We shall tell you the truth. 
Welcome back to Ham Talk Live. We'll get back to uh, Lee Height, the KHCLI, here in just a moment. He's the lead docent at the Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting in Westchester, Ohio. That's suburban Cincinnati. Just a short trip away from the Hamvention, and uh, we'll talk some more with Lee about uh, the open house and um, some new stuff at the museum. We're back with Lee Height, K-H-C-L-I. He is the lead docent of the National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting in Westchester, Ohio, and they are announcing their open house hours during Hamvention. So if you are coming to Hamvention, uh, this is a nice little side trip uh, just down I-75 uh, for an evening. Come uh, check it out or on your way home. On uh, Sunday, again, uh, the hours uh, Friday and Saturday of Hamvention, 1 to 9 p.m., and then 1 to 5 p.m. on Sunday. And, uh, Lee, let's let's talk a little more about the shack. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, several operating positions, and, and you need to have proof of your license. Uh, talk a little bit about what, what goes on there in the shack. Yes, we have uh, six operating positions. We have full digital, full digital, uh, sideband, and CW, actually uh, two sideband uh, uh, operating positions, and, of course, amplifiers to run uh, full power, but a lot of the QSOs that go on are with 100-watt uh, transceivers. And when the museum is open on the weekend, uh, the hams graciously come in and staff the ham shack. And as we begin a tour for guests to come in, most of them have no clue what shortwave radio is. They, they don't, they don't, they've heard the term, have no idea what it is. So we stop by the ham shack for about 10 minutes and the operators there, uh, there's three or four that can just do a wonderful talk and explain to the public what is ham radio? What is shortwave radio? Because the Voice of America used shortwave radio as one of its vehicles for pushing its message out. So that that uh, is what we do every weekend, and they do a marvelous job. And they'll put small uh, children on the air. They have people that they talk to regularly in Europe that know that we are open on the weekend, and they're kind of listening for that special call. And we've, we've had, uh, uh, you know, five-year-olds, ten-year-olds on the air, and they're not bashful. They just get right into it and start talking <laughs> to somebody in Spain or, you know, Australia or wherever we happen to be talking. But it makes a, it makes a very good point that the communication is antenna to antenna and nothing in between. And you can't turn it off like some countries do with the Internet and other forms of, of communication. Shortwaves, antenna to antenna, and it really makes a, a powerful uh, impression, I think, on people. Now, we've been hearing in the news, uh, you know, some things about uh, broadcasts starting back up and, and pointing them into certain places of, of, of the earth. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's kind of reminiscent of what Voice of America was doing with this uh, Bethany Relay Station back in, in the 40s. So talk just a little bit about why this place existed. Uh, yes, when uh, World uh, when uh, World War II started in 1939, 
there was concern about propaganda being broadcast out of Germany and, and other nearby countries. Uh, but it wasn't until France fell in 1940 that uh, President Roosevelt figured out that he's going to have to uh, eventually probably get into this war. And, of course, Pearl Harbor was the, the wake-up call. And at the point of Pearl Harbor, uh, that's when the, uh, President Roosevelt says, i got to do it, and i got to do it now. So they immediately put on the air, within five days after, or with, I'm sorry, seven days after Pearl Harbor, they put on the GE station out on the West Coast, uh, KG, KGEI. That went on the air uh, seven days after Pearl Harbor. They, we got cranked up. It took us a while to get cranked up. But by about 80 days after Pearl Harbor, they got WLWO reconfigured. That was a 75,000-watt uh, uh, shortwave uh, transmitter. They got that on the air, and by July 1st, uh, 1942, it began making official VOA broadcast with the studios in New York. And it was to counter the propaganda. Uh, Hitler had been very, very successful in understanding shortwave radio and particularly understanding propagation. Uh, he had not only uh, over 68 transmitters uh, in the country, but he was very successful at take, getting control of his people. Uh, the, the, the radio that he subsidized was the only radio people could afford, and he owned the only uh, broadcast station. So, he very much got control of the information that the people received. Then, on top of that, he said he needed to get the rest of the world involved. He was trying to encourage Latin America to go to war with the United States. So he put a powerful signal into Latin America, and that really fired up Roosevelt. And he says that that can't be. We've got to uh, we've got to counter that with our view of democracy, and that's really what kicked off uh, Voice of America. I mentioned something. If you set aside Communism, if you set aside the Nazi ideology and just look at what German engineering did, it was, in my personal opinion, just downright brilliant. Uh, because very early in 1933, they really understood propagation because the radio that they put out into the population in, in a course of six years, they put uh, 15 million of these uh, home radios out. And guess what? It wasn't short wave. It was medium wave and long wave. It was the AM broadcast band, but more importantly, it was long wave. And the long wave is 150 kilohertz to 300 kilohertz generally. So that is not dependent, as you all know, not dependent on the ionosphere. So he was able to push the signal out anytime daytime, anytime nighttime, uh, and it would you know you could push long wave as, as far as a couple thousand miles. So he understood, his people understood propagation, and they did a very good job. So why do I say all that? Well, so did Voice of America. Uh, we used shortwave out of Bethany Station here in, in Westchester to push signals around the world, and so did Delano, California, and Dixon, California, and Greenville, North Carolina, the, the four uh, VOA sites, used shortwave to push signals around the world. But once they got to their destination, they generally went through a relay station. Like we pushed a lot to BBC and BBC rebroadcast our signal. Well, guess what? It was on long wave. Uh, after Germany fell, BOA built a gigantic facility in Munich, Germany, a 1 million watt long wave station. And it's not the only one. There were other uh, high power 
medium wave stations in Africa and uh, other parts of Europe because you're not dependent on the ionosphere. You know, here in at Bethany, we had certain times of the day that we could either hit the E or F layer, and it was very, uh, it, was all, it was kind of complicated to uh, to get on the air at the right time. So a little bit of a long explanation, Neil. I apologize for that, but uh, what was not very well understood is was the success that they use for long wave uh, communication. Europe is still using long wave. The United States never did buy into long wave. But you, I just listened the other day, uh, uh, um, BBC has uh, um, a long wave station on the air still today. But I take that back. That It, it went off just a couple of years ago. It lasted all the way from the 30s uh, when BBC went on the air and was shut down a couple of years ago. That channel is still on the air, but the long wave station was finally shut down. So that's kind of the, the short version of that. Yeah, so it, it was an incredible uh, find, and and you are so good at, at finding out all this stuff that that uh, you know we talk about the shortwave all the time, but actually you know there was there was a lot of uh, long wave there too, and and I know you know a lot of those those radios that were available just you know would not tune in the, the right frequency, so it was always you know a battle to to get. The, the signal on the right frequency so people could actually hear it. Yes. Yes, it was. And, and uh, there was a lot of jamming going on. And, and the interesting thing is when you talk to, we get a lot of immigrants in the museum that listened and immigrated because they listened to voice of America. And what's fascinating is they were so used to jamming that what VOA would do is if we got jammed, we just move five kilohertz up or down the band. We didn't go clear to the other end of the band. So if, the, if, if if you're in the broadcast and all of a sudden we go away, they knew enough just to touch the dial. A little bit up, a little bit down. Oh, there they are, you know. And so they would, uh, it was cat and mouse, they'd, they'd follow us around the band as uh, as we tried, uh, people tried to jam us. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty ingenious. And you can check out all of this this history and all the equipment and and all all these cool things um at the national voice of america museum of broadcasting westchester ohio just uh off of tylersville road and uh crosley boulevard i believe is what you want to use on your gps because if you you put in tylersville it takes you some some place crazy i think but uh crosley boulevard's the, the front driveway so that'll That'll get you there. And, and, you know, uh, last week, um, WLW celebrated their 100th anniversary, uh, just down the street. And, uh, I listened to, to part of that on, on the air and, uh, just uh, a lot of good memories. And, and, and the Voice of America is, is here in Ohio because of WLW, because of Paul Crosley. Had he not have, Put his radio station here, and particularly had he not have done a half a million watt AM broadcast station in 1934, they would have not known how to do high power. So, you know, when they went on the air in 42, uh, or I'm sorry, in 44 with the high power stuff, uh, this country had never built 200,000 watt shortwave transmitters. It was the first uh, shortwave transmitter in, in, in the United States to go on the air. They, we didn't know how to build the tubes. We didn't know how to build the transmitters. And so Crosley figured all that out and uh, 
they got a lot of experience earlier when they put that half million watt station on the air. Yep, sure did. Well, Lee, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show and telling us about the uh, open house. And again, uh, whiskeycharlie8voiceofamerica.org, uh, wc8voa.org. You can uh, look up the uh, times if you forget those, and the, the maps will be up there soon. Uh, check that out and, and get uh, what you need. And, and stop by the booth at Hamvention uh, in Building 1 and, and visit and um, and then Come down to the museum, check it out. And uh, that's also uh, the site uh, for the second Youth on the Air camp coming up. Got to put my plug in for that. Uh, coming up, uh, I think it's three weeks after Hamvention, if I, if I remember right, June uh, 12th through 17th. Um, so you'll get to see where, where we're having uh, the camp here. So, uh, Lee, any final words here before we, we sign off tonight? No, thank you, uh, Neil, for inviting us to be on the program. Uh, it's always exciting to be here. And uh, just I invite everyone, come on down for that weekend. We're, we can enhance your overall experience for coming up to Hamvention in the Xenia area. So come on down, see us, and uh, I'm sure you'll have a good time. Absolutely. And, and you can get on on the air and whiskey charlie eight voice of america and you'll you'll get a pile up so <laughs> so be prepared come come on down and and uh enjoy some time in the in the shack as well so lee thank you so much for being here and uh we'll be talking to you again soon thank you neil that is a wrap for this edition of ham talk live i'd like to thank my guest lee height K-H-C-L-I and everybody out there in cyberspace for listening. For a list of all of our upcoming guests, go to hamtalklive.com. So for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. For 73, to you and your family, I'll be seeing you further down the log. You're 73. To you and your family I'll be seeing you further down the log It's hard to believe That you're into the deal Cause you sound just like a local up here Why don't those whistling Mediterraneans Check if your frequency's clear We're warm and cozy In our shacks We have talked about thousands of things about shoes, about ships, about sealing wax, about cabbages and kings. So 73's to you and your family. I'll be seeing you further down the log. Yeah, 73's to you and your family. I'll be seeing you further down the log.